in praying about this evening, I'm impressed with a, a specific couple of verses. Go there, please, in Matthew chapter 6, and then also in Philippians chapter 4, Matthew 6, Philippians 4, and I want to talk about no worries. No worries. That's a common Aussie term, Australian. No worries. But it's something the Lord told us. No worries. No worrying. You'll find that almost any person, not even have to be church going people, almost any person you ask is worry good or bad. They'd say, yeah, worry's not good. I, I don't remember anybody that ever told me I like to worry. I enjoy worrying. <laughs> worrying is good. Most anybody would agree with you, no, worry's bad. And yet they still do it. And you'll even find all kind of church people that'll tell you, yeah, the Lord told us not to worry. And yet they still Worry. Now just look straight ahead. Don't look around. Just, <laughs> no finger pointing. No, no need to raise your hand. Just, but you, you know that's the case, right? I mean, people agree. Yeah, it's not good. It's bad. Uh, even will agree. Yeah, the Lord told us not to. But they still worry. And a lot of folks, a lot of Christian, good Christian people worry a lot. And worry to the point it makes them sick, even, and hurts them in numerous ways. If we know, we shouldn't worry. If we know the Lord told us not to worry. If we agree, worry is bad. Why? <laughs> right? Why do so many continue to worry? I'll answer you two big reasons. One is a lack of understanding about even what it is, why it is, how it works. And another one is making wrong choices. Making wrong choices. Do you want to hear more? Yes. Would you like to know more? Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you said yes. Because I was planning on <laughs> sharing more. Matthew 6 is one of the most involved passages where Jesus personally taught us about this and instructed us about this. This is also found in Luke's account, chapter 12. Some of the same things said a little bit differently. But in Matthew 6, verse 25, let's read this and let's hear it like the master himself was standing here telling you this. Are his words as real today? As when they first came out of his mouth, or are they, do they still have power yes. and weight? Are they? And here's one of the, the great things. There is truth in these words, timeless truth. And what will the truth do for you? It will make you free. And if Jesus tells you and I truth concerning worry, the truth he tells us can set us free. From worry. But we must hear it like we've never heard it because there are things here we've not yet heard. Even if you've heard some things, there's still things you haven't heard. Amen. His word is living, Amen. it's alive, it's powerful, even to the dividing of spirit and soul and joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Just say it right now before I read it out loud. Say, Lord, I, I love your words. I receive your words. Your words are true and right. No matter what I thought, no matter what anybody else thinks or believes, your words are true and full of life. Open my eyes. Reveal your words to me. And I say, like Mary of old, be it unto me according to your words. 
Hallelujah. When Mary said that and believed that, that's when a miracle happened inside her. The Word literally became flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, the Word is still manifesting in this realm to those that believe it like she did. So listen to this. Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Have you ever worried <laughs> about what you're going to eat, drink, and about clothes and for your kids? Where are you going to get groceries, clothes? The Lord said, don't do it. Should we take him seriously or not? He said, don't do it. Now, the word take no thought, uh, you'll find a lot of modern translations say, don't be anxious. And that is accurate. So you, it'd probably be, it's helpful to me to say it this way, take no anxious thought. Because he's not just saying, don't think about any of these things. I mean, if you don't think about groceries, how are you going to know where to go get groceries, what groceries to get? He's not saying you can't think about it. He's saying no anxious thought. And there's some, there's some real revelation here tonight, if you'll stay with me, about how to know when you've crossed the line from just thinking about it to worrying about it. There's some obvious indicators. It's okay to think about it. To a point. And there's a point where. There's no point in thinking about it anymore. You need to do something else. But you and I never need to cross the line. From thinking about to worrying about it. Because the Lord told us don't do it. And if he told you don't do it. That's proof positive you have the ability not to do it because he would know whether you could do it or not and he wouldn't tell you to do something that's impossible for you and I to do. So take no thought could be translated don't be anxious about it. It could be translated don't worry about it. Take no anxious thought. And then he gives us reasons why you don't have to and why you shouldn't worry. And again, here's truth that can make you free from worry. Why not worry, Lord, about what I'm going to eat and drink and my kids and our clothes? Why not? He said, isn't your life more than food and your body is more than clothes? One of the reasons why people continue to worry is because they don't know what's important. We've all done some of this, but let's stop it. If you're worrying about clothes, you don't know how unimportant clothes are. If you're worrying about food, you don't know how unimportant food is. You've got a creator. And all this stuff about the world running out of everything lies from the enemy. Lies from the enemy. And don't let people scare you about climate change. I'm going to say something very bold. Human beings do not have the power to destroy the planet. They think they do. But this is bigger than men. God created this thing. Come on, y'all with me. If men get too far out of the way, he'll do something. And a lot of stuff that, that is scaring people is unsubstantiated. It is science falsely so-called. And remember, are you an expert climatologist? Then you're just believing something 
that somebody told you. Where did they get it from? Now there's a lot more could be said about this, but I'm telling you, there's some big gaping holes. And I've done a little study on this in the so-called science. And a lot of it is based on the accuracy of one or two degree change in X amount of years. I submit to you, we do not have the technology to ascertain that. There are vast portions of the planet that have no temperature recording instrumentation, like the Pacific Ocean. And besides that, who said that number is the perfect temperature for the planet? Most of our records don't go back, but just a few hundred years, you don't have enough data to say this is the perfect temperature temperature and this margin has exceeded, you don't have it. You don't have the records. Your records only go back a tiny amount of time compared to how long the planet's here. They tell us there used to be alligators in the Arctic. We just flew over the Sahara Desert. Man, that's a big desert. (laughs) Oh, golly. When you fly over it for four or five hours at five or six hundred miles an hour and you still don't see anything but sand in every direction. It's a thousand miles wider than the U.S. It's one big desert. (laughs) But they tell us they found hippopotamus bones there. Used to be lush. Well, if they're, and then they tell us that, you know, Maine used to be under a mile of ice for a long time. People are not including all these things. They're not taking this into consideration. Y'all with me? I I just want to stir you up. Are you an expert climatologist? I doubt it. Then you're just believing something that somebody told you. And when they say all climatologists agree, you know they just told you a lie. (laughs) Because not all experts agree on anything in any area. But I tell you this. If you are a climatologist and you don't agree with it, you won't get funding. And your voice will not be heard and your career is over. Which has pushed these guys out. All I'm saying, think for yourself. Check your heart. Don't yield to fear. The Lord tells us repeatedly, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. And anything that's pushing fear, you know is not right. That's right. That's right. Trying to push people into panic. Everything will be gone in a few years. Don't you believe it? Said who? Based on what? I read a while back that a lot of the temperature recording sites that uh, Noah had been using were discredited. They were placed in parking lots and on top of roofs and other places that they shouldn't be placed. (laughs) It's going to get away too hot of a reading and and a bunch of them were discarded. I'm telling you, we don't have the data of what people are claiming we have to record a temperature change of a degree over the whole planet for how long? Our records go back that long in the history of the planet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We don't have the data. And if you're honest, you'll look into it, you'll see what I'm talking about. There will be a time when the planet heats up. (laughs) It ain't going to get warm. It's going to melt. But God's going to take care of us then too. Is that right? He's taking care of us. Till then, don't you fear. Don't you fear, dear heart. God will take care of you. He'll take care of us. He'll see that we have what we need. Fear not. Now, you may think I've digressed, but are a lot of people worrying about this? Big time. Worry is fear. It's a manifestation of fear. 
There are different degrees of fear. Fear can be a mild dread. Fear can be full-blown panic where you're paralyzed because of fear. But it's the same bad stuff. It's just many varying degrees of it. And all of these phobias, fear of heights, fear of depths, fear of being in a crowd, fear of being alone. I mean, you know, there's a fear of butterflies. Now you're laughing, but there are fears. I mean, it ain't funny to the people because they're folk that haven't left their house in years. Because of these phobias and it's lies of the enemy. I said it's lies of the enemy. Fear puts you in bondage. And the Lord has delivered us. Oh, the book of Hebrews says God has delivered us from him who had the power of death. And and those who through fear of death were subject to bondage, those that will believe have been delivered. The truth will make you free. Oh, somebody say, the truth, the truth 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 has made me free. free. Now, do you know all the truth there is to know? Then you're not as free as you can be. Some of you still scratching your head about climate change. I, I just said, think for yourself and realize that you're just choosing to believe something that somebody told you, who are they? And where did they get their data? Question some things. Come on, think. Don't just blindly swallow something that some so-called expert told you. Ask some questions and some hard ones. And you'll come to some truths. And no matter what, fear not. Is that right? No matter what, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. The Lord's with me. Is that right? The Lord's with us. He'll sustain us. He'll keep us. You know when people are panicking and fearing, you know it's the enemy. Every time. Because when you yield to the Lord, no matter what's going on, you can have the peace that passes understanding. Keeping your heart and your mind. Even in some traumatic situations, you can have this peace. Hallelujah. Let's keep reading. Why shouldn't I worry about food and clothes? Because food, in the big scheme of things, food and clothes is not very important. If you don't have any, yeah, but we know somebody that can get you everything. Instead of worrying about the food, you should be not worrying, but thinking about God, Amen. who can get you the food. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Your focus shouldn't be on the food, shouldn't be on the clothes. God can get you food. He can fly in fresh quail without an airplane. He can rain bread out of the air. He's done it. He, he can bring water in the desert out of a rock. Hallelujah. Why do I have to worry about food? Come on, somebody say it by faith. Say, I'm going to eat. And I'm going to eat well. My entire life. I'm not worried about it. Why? Because you know somebody. You know somebody. Come on, say it again. I'll have clothes. And good clothes. My whole life. I'm not worried about it. Why? Because the God who gave you life and gave you a body, if he could give it to you, he can sustain it. Amen. And what I was saying earlier, he didn't put a group of people on a planet that couldn't sustain them. Right. And he's not going to let people just destroy it and catch him off guard and go, oh no, what did they do? What did they do? They have messed up the planet where nobody can let... <laughs> No, no. If there needs to be an intervention, he'll do it. Right? But man doesn't have the power that they're claiming you have. This is bigger than that. Keep reading verse 26. The fowls of the air, the Lord said, behold them. 
Now, here we begin to see something else. How do you not worry? It's not accomplished by just deciding not to worry. That's why a lot of church going people keep failing at it. They hear a message, don't worry, don't worry, and they go, that's right, that's right, don't worry. And so they find themselves worrying, and they go, quit that. I got to quit worrying. I got to quit worrying. Oh, but I'm worrying that I can't quit worrying. I, tell, I just don't, no, no, not quit it, not quit it. And, and if you let him, the enemy will come and say, look at you. Supposed to be a faith person, worrying half the day. So now you got condemnation about worrying. <laughs> you can't just not worry. You've got to replace worry with something else. You've got to make a choice to look at something else. You look at the wrong thing, it's going to feed fear into you. And if you keep looking at the wrong thing and listening to and talking about the wrong thing, you're not going to be free from the fear. Just by wishing you could quit, it's, it's not going to work. You've got to make a choice. Come on, look here, look here. What, what did the Lord say? Behold, what does that mean? Look. Look at what? He, he just told you, don't worry. Don't take anxious thoughts about your food, your clothes, those kind of things. Then what did he say? Look at this. Oh, come on, y'all with me? Is there truth in the words of the Lord Jesus? Will that truth make you free if you'll be a doer of them? Can I, in the midst of having looked at something that's troubling me and scaring me and, and causing me to worry, can I do what the Lord told me and look at something else? Yes. Can I change the channel? Yes. This is something that most people still either don't know or they don't believe. You don't have to think thoughts just because they came to you. You don't have to. You can choose to look at something else. You can look at that empty checking account. And you can look at it. And you can look at it. And you can look at it. And you can get mad. And you can get sad. And you can cry. And you can look at it. And then what? It's still empty. <laughs> Is that right? Looking at a symptom in your body. A pain. A problem. A deficiency. You can look at it. You can feel bad. You can beg. You can pray. You can cry. You can look at it and worry and worry. It won't change it. But choosing to look at something else can change. The pro does have the, pro the power to change the problem. You won't get a miracle looking at the need. You won't get the answer looking at the problem. You'll get more fear. You'll get more upset. You'll get more worried. Hope you're awake. You, you won't see the answer looking at the problem. You won't see the provision looking at the lack. You won't see your healing looking at your symptoms and your sickness. You, you won't see the miracle in your marriage looking at all the problems in your spouse or yourself or the failures. You, you, you won't see it. Jesus said, don't worry about that. Don't, you know, take no thought. Now, now this is a, this paints a very vivid picture. Thoughts come. You can't control thoughts coming. They will come. The enemy will send thoughts to you. He'll bring thoughts to you. Here's the revelation. What did Jesus say? Don't take it. Oh man, this is a revelation. Is that right? They will come to you. They come to us all. Thoughts of all kinds. Even the most holy saint of God has found thoughts and feelings come to them that were wrong. Here's the thing. Help me out. Help your neighbor out. Tell them what? What? What did Jesus say? Take no thought. Don't take it. You 
Don't take it, you. Come on, somebody say, don't take it. Don't take, don't take it. And, and, and in doing that, you'll refuse to take the pain, the fear, the anguish, the frustration. You'll refuse to take the punishment that that stuff does to you. Because I'm telling you, worry can kill you. I mean, there are cases where scientifically people have decided, the experts decided, there was no other cause for this person's death except grief. People have grieved themselves to death. Your, your body and my body was not designed to handle it. You get in enough worry and fear and grief, stuff will start shutting down. It will start quitting. Your immune system will be compromised. That alone can take you out. Your brain, your synapses start work firing off. Your organs, your glands, your blood. Worry is a killer. The scripture said the sorrow of the world works death. And to be carnally minded is death. Does it matter what you think on? How much does it matter? It is life and death. That is no exaggeration. The Bible says so. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. And you can tell if you're thinking on the right or wrong thing by the presence of peace or the presence of fear. You can tell. Say it out loud again. Don't take it. Will it come? Oh, the enemy will come. He tries to come all the time. He'll say, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about that? Man, you got that bill? You got to have that money by the end of the week. You got to have that money. Where are you going to get it? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You ever heard that before? (laughs) Everybody responded. Yeah. (laughs) And you didn't necessarily hear it audibly But it came. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? He's bringing anxious thoughts. And what does he want you to do? He wants you to take them. Take them and think them. Take them and meditate on them. Take them and talk to other people about it. Take them and stew in it. And what will it do to you? Ah, the fear will just get worse and worse. The anxiety will get you. You can get into a full-blown panic, thinking and looking at the wrong thing. What did the Lord say? Don't take those thoughts, but look at this. Look at what? Look at what I do. Look at how I am. <laughs> what? Look at what? Come on, help me out. Look at what? Behold means look. Look at the birds. How many think we ought to take the Lord seriously about this? So next time you're tempted to worry, what should you do? Find you some birds. (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) And ask yourself the question, are these birds eating? Are these birds eating today? They look look pretty plump to me. (laughs) I think these birds are eating. In fact, I see some eating right now. What's the revelation of that? If the birds eat, I'm going to eat. (laughs) Birds eating, I'm going to eat. Got my answer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) We'll say, what are you going to do? You having a rough time? Yeah, I'm going bird watching. (laughs) Yep, that's what the Lord said do. So I am going bird watching. What you you looking for? What kind of bird? I'm looking for birds that eat. (laughs) Birds that are eating. (laughs) Yeah, these birds are eating. Those birds are eating. Those birds, look, he just caught a fish. Look at him. Look at him taking them berries off of that. Oh, yeah. Birds are eating, not just in Florida. They're eating all over the East Coast. Birds are eating in the Midwest. Birds are eating in Canada and South America. Birds are eating all over the world. What does that mean? I'm a, <laughs> you mean God's going to feed a bird? And he's not going to feed me? His child? Mm-mm. Keep reading. He said, they don't sow, 
They don't reap. They don't gather in the barns. They don't punch a clock. And yet, your heavenly Father is feeding them. He's feeding, we don't know how many billions of birds are eating around the world every day. None of them are concerned about global catastrophe (laughs) or climate change. (laughs) And this has been happening for millennia and longer. And what did Jesus tell us? Why does he want us to look? Because he said, are you not much better than they? Now this does away with what some people believe that goes along with the Mother Earth religion. People will try to tell you that all creatures are equal. A bird's life is just as valuable as your life. And that's a lie. Jesus said otherwise. It's not true. He said you are much better. You are much more valuable than a bird. He's given it to you as a contrast. Am I reading what Jesus said? Come on, I want you to say it. If, if you like what Jesus says, you need to agree with this. Say it out loud. I'm worth a whole lot more, a whole lot more than, a bird. than a bird. If the Lord's going to feed a bird, he's for sure going to feed me. Because sure I'm, I'm worth more. A whole lot more, a whole lot more than a bird. Than a bird. <laughs> People will try to tell you, no, all God's creatures are equal in his sight, not True. Not true. You're not an animal. Verse 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? Now here's the second thing to deal with. Why do people continue to worry? One, they don't know what's important. Another reason is they're looking at the wrong thing. Keep looking at the need, the problem. Here's another one. People continue to worry because they won't acknowledge that this thing is beyond them. They keep trying to act like they can change it, they can fix it, they can do something about it when they cannot. When you can't do it, you need to admit you can't do it. You need to quit trying to do it. And you need to give it to somebody who can. Do we know who this is? And if he has it, you don't have it. If you have it, he doesn't have it. And some of these things are like flypaper. You go to give it to him. (laughs) Next thing you know, (laughs) there it is. Oh, man, I still got it. No, Lord, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. And you think you gave it to him. And you look down and there it is. You go, oh, man. That's why you have to cast. Cast is a strong word. Throw. You've got to cast all your cares over on him. You've got to throw it. You've got to make an effort to get it off of you. And if you realize you've let it get back on you, throw it off again. Is that right? Don't let it sit on you. Don't take it. Don't take it. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm not going to take it. <laughs> You're not going to take what? Anxious thoughts. Thoughts of worry. Anxiety and fear. How can you tell when it crosses the line from just thinking about it to worrying? Glad you asked. Go to 1 John 4. Hold your place here. We're not done here. But look in 1 John 4. My, my. I thought this would be a quick single message tonight. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> We've been here before, haven't we? <laughs> uh-huh. First John 4 and 18. Tell me what worry is. Fear. Worry is a degree. If you look at the full end of it, it's a lesser degree of fear. But it's fear. It's fear. 
And there is no fear in love. You know, God is love. There's no fear in him. But perfect love, now don't let that word perfect throw you. When we hear the word perfect, we think flawless. That's not what this word means. Perfect means complete. If you look up the word here, fully developed would be a good way to say it. Fully developed love does what? That's that same word we were just talking about, about casting your care. Same word. That's interesting, isn't it? These two words showing up in these verses. Fully developed love does what? It, it throws it, it expels with force. What? Fear. How do you get the fear out of you? Fully developed love. Fully developed love expels the fear because fear has torment and he that fears is not, we could say, fully developed in love. And now this love is not just talking about you loving people. It's the whole sphere of love. God is love. And one of the big parts of it is coming to a full realization of how much he loves you. And in walking in that love towards other people. And the first part of it, you can't do the other part without the first part, is coming to a full realization of how much he loves us. Which is, can you see that's what Jesus was saying? Don't worry about what you're going to eat. What you're going to wear. Instead do what? Look at how God takes care of even little birds. Right? And know how much more important you are to him than a little bird. What does that mean? What are you thinking about? You're thinking about his love. You're thinking about his caring for you. And what will that do? It'll expel the fear. It'll push the, the more of a realization we get of how big God is, how good he is, who we are to him, what we are to him, how much we mean to him, what a big part we are of his plan, your fears get pushed out. You get full of that awareness of love. There's no more room left for the fear. It also is connected with a lot of faith. Because faith works by this love. Come on, can you see this? And when we're worrying and fearing, it's a questioning of God's care for us. There's a questioning. You remember when uh, Martha was cumbered about much serving. She, is she worrying? Is she upset? Is she fretting? And she comes to the Lord and says, don't you care? Don't you? She's questioning the Lord's care for her. The devil is telling her, the Lord don't care about you. He lets you work and slave back here by yourself. Won't even send anybody to help you. He don't care. Have you ever heard these kind of thoughts before? Amen. This is the devil. Amen. This is the devil. And when the disciples were full of fear on the boat in the lake that night, and um, the storm came up, what they say to the Lord? They woke him up and they said, don't you care? Don't you care we're about to drown out here? That's an evil thought. Questioning the Lord's care for you? That's an evil thought. He has proved to us how many thousands and thousands of times over he has proven to us and demonstrated to us his love for us. We shouldn't question it. We should be working on demonstrating our love for him. But the more aware you are of how much he loves you, the stronger your faith is. And the less you worry about anything. It's something you develop in. But I've noticed this, Phyllis and myself. I mean, the further we go, the less we worry about anything. You know, <laughs> it's the truth. In fact, people would wonder, they'd think, well, man, do you not know what's going on right now? Yeah. Do, do you know how many projects you've got going at the same time? 
and how many millions it's going to take to do all this? I like what uh, Brother Jesse Duplantis said one time. He and Brother Kenneth were doing a broadcast. And uh, Brother Kenneth asked him, he said, well, Jesse, you know, you've got all these, you're on all these TV stations. Man, millions of dollars every month to do this. He said, what do you do when all these uh, bills come in for all these TV stations? He said, I hold them up and say, Jesus, you got mail. <laughs> if he told you to do it, is he big enough to do it? If it's his idea, is he going to take care of his idea? Can he do it? Will he do it? Then why should we worry about it? Why should we fret? Why should we fear? You can tell when you've crossed the line from just thinking about to worrying about when it starts to vex you. Because if I'm getting into worry, what am I getting into? Fear. And fear has torment. It starts bothering you. It starts vexing you. It starts tormenting you. You're not just thinking about it. You're taking care. You're taking the anxious thought. You've received it. And it's chewing on you. It's vexing you. Should we stop it immediately? Yes. When, when the, the moment we realize, man, this thing's vexing me. And, and you realize I hadn't smiled all morning. Yeah. Where's my joy? Where's my peace? I don't care what's going on. This is not right. You're not doing the right thing to get it fixed. You're not doing the right thing to get the answer anymore. Jesus said, don't take that thought. Look over here. Look how I do. Look what I do. Go bird watching. (laughs) Ask yourself, how many of these birds eating today? Oh, look at all these birds eating. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. Did, and he went further, didn't he? Come on, go back to Matthew 6. Am I going to have clothes? How can I know? Number one, don't take that thought. That thought comes and says, where are you going to get money for your, your kids? And your kids need clothes. Your kids need shoes. You need, you need clothes. Where are you going to get them? Where are you going to get them? Where are you going to get them? You say, shut up and leave me. I'm not taking this. Yeah, but where? I said, shut up. Not even bringing it up to me. I'm not thinking about it. You know what I'm doing? I'm going hill watching now. I'm going looking at hills and meadows. I'm surveying the land. That's what I'm doing. Bird watching and land surveying. <laughs> what, what am I talking about? Instead of this is what you do instead of worrying. Amen. Just, just trying not to worry doesn't work. I got to do something else. While I'm busy bird watching, I'm not worrying. While I'm busy land surveying, I'm not worrying. What did he say? He said, verse 28, why take thought about your clothes? When the Lord asks you a question like that, you just understand automatically there's not an acceptable answer. (laughs) When he asks you a question like that, there's not a reason that you, he said, why are you worrying about your clothes? And you tell him and he goes, oh, okay, well, that's a good reason. (laughs) Never going to happen. There is no justifiable reason in his eyes for you who knows him and what he can do and how much he cares about you to ever worry about food and clothes. There'll never be a justifying, you, nothing you could tell him where he'll go, oh yeah, well I can see why you're worrying, yeah, that's, that's substantial, never. Consider the lilies, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they don't toil, they don't spin, they don't make clothes, verse 29, And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, who was a snappy dresser, (laughs) in all his glory, I mean the best Solomon ever had, ever did, 
which, you know, who was it? The Queen of Sheba went to check him out and lost her breath looking at all of their court and all of their dress and their uniforms. You know, we live in a society that doesn't dress up for anything anymore. Is that good or bad? People say, God don't care. God don't care. He used to. Have you read? He, he used to, he told the, the priest to have special clothes. Is that right? And told him to do certain things. I mean, he wanted his temple made out of gold and silver and the finest of, the, of everything. He used to. When did he change? Moving right along. Solomon in all his glory wasn't arrayed like one of these. Somebody say, consider the lilies. Look at the lilies. Look at the birds. Look at the lilies. Somebody say, what are you doing? I'm not worrying. Why? Looking at the birds. Looking at the lilies. Keeps me out of worry. When you're tempted, don't take that. But don't just sit there idle and empty. You got to go look at the birds. You got to Got to look at the lilies. Right? Why? Because birds eat. Birds eaten by the billions all over the planet. Is that right? There's more bananas fall off the trees and rot in the jungle than all the monkeys will ever eat. There are more fish in the sea. Are you kidding? How many fish in the sea? Nobody knows. More fish than we'll ever eat. Ever. Ever. Yeah, but Brother Keith, do you understand? There's more uh, billions of people on the planet than there's ever been. And at this rate, in 50 years, there'll be this. You have gone out beyond your pay grade. (laughs) You're talking about stuff you don't know. You're taking so-called science and facts and figures from people. You're not even asking where did they get this data? And is it even possible to be this accurate? Come on, you are with me? Yeah. Granted, things are going on. We know that, but it's acting like there's no God. Right. It's acting like there's no creator. It's acting like that this thing is going to catch him off guard in another 50 or 100 years. God's going to look at Michael and go, what are we going to do? <laughs> Did you look at this? People are destroying the planet, and there's no food, and there's no air, and man, I didn't think it would get this far. <laughs> it's acting like there's no God. Come on, say it out loud. Me and mine mine are going to be fine. fine. (laughs) Is that right? We got plenty of air to breathe, plenty of water to drink, plenty of food to eat. Somebody say, you're just a fool trying to live in a utopia. No, I know there's a God. I know there's a creator, and I know he cares more about me than birds or fields. I'm a child of his. And you can waste your time fretting and fearing if you want to. But I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to enjoy my salvation. And you're going to find out later that you worried for nothing. You're going to find out you could have been having fun. You could have been partying with us. Instead of hoarding up for the disaster to come. Come on now. You get the perfect hideout. You store food for the next 50 years. What keeps somebody from coming along and just shooting you and taking it away from you? If it's really that bad. Well, I got guns too. (laughs) You better trust in something bigger than that. We're just here for that much longer anyway. Jesus said, don't take it. Don't take those thoughts of fear and anxiety. Don't take it. But look at what I'm doing. I have sustained this thing. There was a God before there was a Milky Way. Amen. There was a God before there was our star, our sun in the sky. Do you not think? If he needed to, he could touch this planet. He could make an alteration if it came to that. He could make an adjustment. Could he? The universe is so vast. And God's bigger than that. And he's your daddy. 
Is daddy going to take care of you or not? Come on, say, my daddy is the biggest thing anywhere. And he's going to take care of me. I'm not going to worry about it. And it honors him when we don't worry. It honors him. When we don't worry about anything. Including dying. Keep reading. Consider. The birds. Look at the birds. Consider. The lilies. Verse 30. Wherefore if God so clothes the grass of the field. How many has seen it? God puts grass on the ground. I mean, down here, you've got to cut it all the time. Is that right? It just keeps growing and growing. <laughs> What's, what should that be proof to you? Grass on the ground, clothes on my back. Huh? long as there's grass on ground anywhere, Keith's going to have clothes. How about you? long as any birds are eating anywhere, Keith's going to eat. You going to eat? Come on, somebody say, I'm going to eat. I'm going to have clothes. If God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not, not just the same, much more, much more. You're worth a lot more to him than a hill or a valley. Now, this is contrary to those who preach Mother Earth religion. They preach it'd be fine to sacrifice a bunch of us to save the planet. And this is worshiping the creation more than worshiping the creator that is talked about in Romans 1. And it's not true. It's not true. God's eyes, you're worth a lot more than birds or any animal. In God's eyes, you're worth a lot more than hills or even large tracts of land. Shall he not much more clothe you of your little faith? It's lack of faith to even worry about these things. Verse 31, he says it again in case you forgot from two verses ago. Therefore, what? Don't take the thought. Don't take it. What thought? What are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? What are you going to do? How are you going to make your payment? How are you going to pay your insurance? How, how are you going to get a new washer? How? How? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Come on, help me out. The th- these thoughts come. You know they do. What are you going to do? Man, you got a pain? What kind of pain is that? Where did that come from? Oh, you're sick. What must it be? You may be dead by tomorrow. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, right now, I'm going to shut you up. I'm not taking this. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I refuse to dwell on this. What am I going to do? Look at the birds. Consider the lilies. Right? Think about what God has done. What he is doing. How much he cares about me. How much better I am in his eyes. Than any other part of the creation down here. The planet is not the pinnacle of his creation. We are. In fact, he's redoing the planet for us. New heavens, new earth. Because this one ultimately cannot be saved. The Bible said the whole earth is groaning and travailing. It's like a person. It's wearing out. It just takes it a whole lot longer. But ultimately, this planet in its condition cannot be saved. It'll have to be redone. The elements are going to melt with fervent heat. And in God's recreating it, new heavens and new earth wherein is no curse. We've never been in a place like that. Never been in a place like that. It's going to be amazing. Glorious. No curse, no sorrow, no pain, no crying, no crying, no dying. Oh, somebody say, bring it on. (laughs) Uh, uh, He's getting us ready for it. He's preparing us for it. So why should I worry about a few little things creaking and groaning down here? 
ultimately it's on its way out. I'm not saying we should see how quick we could mess it up, but it's, it's on its way out ultimately. We don't know how long that is. But in his eyes, the main thing's not the planet. It's us. There are folks who try to tell you the difference, that we are insignificant specks on the only planet in the system that can sustain life. And so they would be logical to wipe out half of us if it saves the planet. Lies, lies, lies. This is a re-emphasis of something that's been going on for millennia, worshiping of the earth. Worshiping of the creation more than the creator. We know better. I said we know better. We, not mother earth. The earth is not our mother. God is our father. Hallelujah. He's the father of spirits. And we're thankful to have this planet to live on. Right? And we shouldn't just see how much we can pollute and mess up. I'm not advocating that either. But the big thing is fear not. Oh, somebody say, fear not, fear not, fear not. He said, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? How many understand there's a whole lot of other things wrapped up in these three questions here? But, verse 32, for after all these things do the Gentiles, the worldly people without a covenant with God, seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. That should be comforting to us. Every day when I get up, nothing's going to surprise God. Everything I'm going to need today, He already knows about, has already provided in my path. All I got to do is follow Him, and I'll intersect it. Do you believe that or not? All I got to do is find His will and do it, and I'll have everything I need. In fact, I can have abundance, more than what I need, so I can do things for other people too. Your heavenly Father knows you have need of all these things. Keep going. But seek ye first. Not what we eat, drink, wear. Seek first doing His will. Expanding His kingdom. Accomplishing His purposes. And all these things. What things? Food, clothes, housing. All that stuff. He is going to add to you. Instead of us chasing it, He'll add it to us. Does that make you happy or not? Verse 34, therefore, in case you didn't get it the first three or four times. What? What? Come on, say it again. Don't take it. Don't. Why would he keep telling you over and over again, don't take it? Because it's going to come to you. Over and over and over again, you're going to have to make a choice not to take it. I'm not taking this. You're not taking what? I'm not sitting here thinking about that. Take no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow will take thought for the things of itself sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. I want to read to you something that Miss Corey Ten Boom said years ago about this that I thought that was just excellent. She said, worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying Two days at once. It's moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. You're trying to deal with the things of two days. When all you need and have is the grace to deal with today. Well, come on, can you see that? It saps today, another person said, of its joy. One one individual said, no amount of regretting can change the past. No amount of worrying can change the future. It's vain. It's futile. One fellow said this, worrying's like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't take you anywhere. It doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> we found something else to do. Is that right? 
Everybody stand up. We found something else to do. What are we going to do? <laughs> Look at the birds. Consider the lilies. Think about how big God is. How much he cares about us. How he takes care of all these things that are in his eyes so much more insignificant to him than we are. And if he'll do that, he'll sure take care of us. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.